This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So, see mcdonalds.com for full details. Good evening and welcome to the first of the season. It's the pre-match preview of Barnsley away. How's it going, Bez? Well, you're Far too enthusiastic for what we've got to do at the start of the pod there, Johnny. I'm getting major cases of deja vu here. It is, yeah. Don't worry, people don't know that my computer froze again and this is the second intro we're recording again. I know, yeah. But now they do. People haven't got a clue about that. (laughs) People don't know about that. Don't know about my wonderful editing skills. No, no. But yeah, um, we owe an apology at the start of this podcast, don't we, to um, a certain Mr Tom Amos. We do. The space, the space, the shirt. Space, man. Like, it's, it's in my head now, I'm stuck. But yeah, the shirt did go pretty much into space. Um, sorry for feet in the air. Yeah. Sorry, sorry for that, Tom. There, there you go. That's that's your apology done. It's, yeah. it's officially out there. We spent 20 minutes taking the piss out of him, me, you and Steve, that he believed it and it was true. The best and we're the about... idiots, not him, just for a change. Yeah. It was 20 minutes and then we carried on taking the piss out of him. For the rest of the three hours. Yeah. But, yeah. but so. I think we did some incredible PR for Vale because Twitter went berserk. Whereas before that, I do think there was a lot of people that didn't believe it. But there were still some people after Vale confirmed it went into space that didn't believe it. Yeah. Well, it went yeah. 100,000 feet in the air. So the shirt <laughs> did go 100,000 feet in the air. We yeah, apologise, not- Tom Amos. We bow to your spaceman knowledge. Yeah, not, not the 100 foot there, I said. No, hundred thousand foot. But yes, Johnny, I'm all right. I've had been off my feet this week. I've had bursitis in my knee that got infected. So effectively, I've had an infection in my knee. Nice. That sounds just what you wanted. I'm on strong antibiotics and I still am. So if I'm spaced out, they've uh, spaced out. There we go. There's one for you, Tom. <laughs> so yeah, if I'm spaced out, uh, I'm on 500 milligram tablets four times a day for a week to get rid of the infection out my knee. And for two days, I couldn't walk. 
that's um, that 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 sounds like it's going to be a right shitter of a weekend for you on the fun bus. Tell me about it. Technically, I can't have a drink on Saturday. So if anyone sees me on the fun bus having a drink, it's not me. Take it off his take it off his hands. I'm not going that far. I'm just saying it's not me. Kick, if if kick him in the knee, it'll be it'll be fine. Ooh, to be honest, it's hundred times better now. I can move it now. It's, Bit of discomfort, but that's all now. Whereas in agony Sunday and Monday, I've never felt pain like it. I bet it was worse than childbirth. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, <laughs> that's how bad it was. But, but how I... are you, Johnny? How was your week? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. We had a bit of a um, meeting last night, didn't we? We did. We had a bit of a quiz meeting. We're there or thereabouts, and there's about 10 things on the list of to do. Um, and one of them is, if you're listening, Vale Media Team, sort yourself out. Yeah. Um, send yeah. some dosh. Yeah, send some dosh our way. Come on. But yeah, yeah. other than that, I think I think everything's gone well. We, we we feel prepared, which is weird. I don't like the fact that we've actually prepared for something. I know. Because I, I, I prefer winging it and playing FIFA, but I don't know how yeah. the PlayStation will connect up to that big screen. I've got to speak to Dan about that, see if it will. Yeah, and a massive thanks to Ignite who are sponsoring the night. Main sponsors yeah. for the night uh, made it possible with a great sponsorship. I should thank you very much. They will be there as a quiz team on the night. So come and see them. And if you need anything for your gas, heating, air conditioning, electricals, give Chris a call at Ignite. Vale fan, keep, you know, keep the Vale fans businesses going. Any Vale fan you can use is brilliant. And Chris is fantastic. He's always done the servicing on my boiler in the house I rent out. And always great service, great price. So give Chris a call. Also very much open for commercial. If anyone's businesses wants someone sort of on, what do they call it? On tick? On, on yeah, whatever yeah, they call I it. Don't think give Chris a call. On, on, on tick's a different thing. But um, just, yes. just in case people aren't, aren't sure, um, that's Ignite with an I, isn't it? Ignite best? with an I, yeah. I think that's going to be yeah. Chris's new marketing campaign. Ignite with yeah. an I. So just, just in case you aren't sure which, which Ignite it is. Well, yeah, that's 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 the opening for us pair. But we're joined by, as normal, for I think the last three years we've done a, a season preview. This is the third one, fourth one, I don't know. But anyway, he's he's been on the season previews every other time. So here we are again, joined by BBC Radio Stokes, Phil Bowers. How are you doing, Phil? I'm all right, thanks, lads. Is it, if it's really four years, it feels much longer. I'll be honest with you. Oh, cheese! <laughs> and let's not mention Phil Bowers is the co-host of the joint second best fail podcast out there. Yes, Ooh. joint second best. We're hunting you down. We're like the perennial. <laughs> we're, we're, we're like we're, we're like Man United under when Keegan was in charge of Newcastle. We'll get there, <laughs> but not quite yet. We're not quite yet. We're still twelve points behind. I say joint second best. Obviously, with Vale's own podcast. But yeah, Wembley in the North. How did that come about, Phil? Tell us a little bit about that for those that don't know. Well, it is a. Uh, it will be when me and Yatesy can eventually marry up our time. Um, uh, so it's um, BBC Radio Stokes Port Vale podcast. Uh, when it gets back up and running again for the new season, uh, we, we'll do one every week. Um, 
it is very different to what you lads will do and it's very different to what the club's lads will do. So we've tried to go into a bit of a niche market about Yatesy obviously knows lots of people in the game and he's got lots of stories. And um, so we try and track down some players, ex-players and, and get their nostalgia. Um, so there, there are a load of episodes on BBC Sounds now, he says, getting his corporate plug in. Um, <laughs> so we've talked to people like Leon Constantine, like Sam Foley, uh, Mark Richards, uh, uh, I'm trying to think who else we've had we've had on uh, quite a few of them. Um, those are the ones that spring to mind straight away. Phil Sproson was a really interesting one. What's that? About how, yeah, his was really good. And if you're a, you know if you if you like your old school veil, if you like some of the stories he had were were, were immaculate and and they were really really good. Um, so yeah, that will that will come out every week. Me and Yatesy have had a bit of a busy summer um, between the two of us, so we. Um, we haven't managed to we haven't managed to get any done yet. So you're already ahead of us in doing this one. Um, but yeah, once that once that's up and running, it'll be once a week, and then you'll find you'll be able to find that on BBC Sounds. And it came about really because um, you'll know if you if you keep up with media stuff, the BBC is moving towards more digital things these days now. So you'll notice we do a lot more online. Uh, we've got a whatever it's it's not Twitter now, is it? It's something else. X or whatever, which sounds vile and pornographic, but I'm not going to carry on with that. Um, but it's um, so yeah, we we set up our own Twitter account um, or whatever account it is now. We're doing lots of video content on there, so you'll find clips from the press conferences that we go to and all the episodes that you can. It should have a link up at the top that says Wembley of the North podcast. You click on that, you can find all the past episodes. But the BBC is doing more and more digital. Whether or not you agree with that or not is an argument for another day. But we are doing more digital stuff, and we wanted to try and do something for the Vale, and hence that's how me and Yatesy ended up doing that. Talking about the more digital stuff, um, I thought I thought the weekend was brilliant with the um, the commentary of the the friendly on BBC Radio Sounds. Is that something that's possible going forward? Well, um, the short answer is no, it's not. I'm afraid. Um, and uh, yeah, so to to anyone who um, you know will ask this, this is a completely honest and open answer about why we can't do it. Um, so the rights for EFL commentaries for, um, if you like, online radio. So for a radio station to do it online, which is obviously separate to iFollow. Um, so they lie with TalkSport. And so they, to my knowledge, very rarely do a full commentary on an EFL game. But they, ha- they do have those rights. Um, they tend to use them for the playoffs. So they, if you remember, they did commentary on our playoffs at, at Swindon, uh, the two legs that, and then the final. So they did full commentary, and they are the rights holders for the EFL when it comes to radio commentary uh, um, to stream online, which is different than... Um, what you'd say your traditional linear radio like your fm or your dab um so the bbc's current contract allows us to broadcast on um what is our catchment area or tx area transmission area um which is obviously for us as north staffordshire and south cheshire that allows us to do that we have the rights to do that however talksport have the rights to stream commentary online um, which means why, if you've ever listened on BBC Sound, excuse me, to a, a league game, you will get all of our build-up between two and three, which includes all the preview material, and you'll get 
um, Praise and Grumble after, but from three o'clock you get a programme called Squad Goals, which is like some net, networked BBC show, which is kind of a bit like Soccer Saturday. Um, but the short answer is no, quite simply, because until someone at the BBC decides, right, we found some money from somewhere to go and offer talk sport the right, uh, some cash for the online rights, then I'm afraid that won't happen, I'm afraid. Fair enough, because it worked for me as well. I listened on the same yeah. I don't actually own a radio. What I would say is uh, if you went and asked any local radio sports team, they would love to do it because they know the direction in which we're heading is more digital. They know that what we are moving towards, as you've already said, you don't have a radio. You listen on sounds. You know, I, I will listen to stuff on my phone. Um, you know, it's moving away from that, which is part of the reason why the BBC have done all these changes that they're coming up with at the minute where there's going to be more content online and such. And as I say, that's a big argument for another day. But um, if you asked any local radio sports journalist, they think it's a good idea. I think for whatever reason, it hasn't happened at a more senior level within the BBC. That may change. It may not. But as we sit here at the minute, we can't do the commentaries online via BBC Sound. Fair enough, because tonight I've listened to your show tonight with Andy Crosby, your sports at six, and listened to that on BBC Sounds on my phone. Yeah, and, and that is, and you know, do you know what? If I hadn't been doing it, um, or if there's another Phil Bowers running around and he'd have been doing it instead of me, which I think seems to be now, because there's two Skype profiles for me that you found earlier, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's probably, there's probably a clone of me running around somewhere. It's probably better looking and thinner. Um, but... Yeah, a lot of people listen like that now. And But if you did enjoy that, I must now also get in another merciless plug for that, um, is that um, Sport at Six, 12 months ago, disappeared. Um, I'm not sure of the reasons why, but it did. Um, but this year it's back and uh, it will mean, you know, we've. I'm sure... Stoke fans will be interested on Stoke nights and, and whatever, but Praise and Grumble will still be on on Monday and Friday. Stoke's fans... Have Tuesday night, Wednesday night is for focusing on other sports and that'll be, you know, things like cricket or rugby or whatever. Thursday nights is going to be dedicated to Port Vale. So that's why they've asked me to do it. Um, so tonight we had Andy Crosby in. Um, he was very open and very honest. Um, we talked, we asked him some questions um, uh, that largely, lot, mo- majority of the questions that we asked were ones that people had sent in. So that I'd like to think we reflected a lot about what supporters had been asking there. Um, and he, and he answered them pretty honestly. We talked to him about strikers, as you can imagine what's happening with James Wilson, um, you know, how difficult it's been to get some players, what the challenges are a bit with him. And that was this week going forward. The program will pretty much be, it's a Port Bell special every week, every Thursday, six o'clock. If you are listening on the old fashioned wireless, if not, it's available on BBC sounds. Um, but Leon Legg is my co-host. Um, so he will each week, we'll have a bit of a natter about the games and what's gone on. Um, we're going to speak to people from the club each week. Um, we're going to do features on the academy. We're going to do features on the women's team. Um, we'll talk to people like um, Matt Hancock about more about what they're trying to do. And obviously we welcome people's questions you know they don't have the opportunity to talk to Matt Hancock all the time or or people from the club so if people have got questions they want to send to us they can um we just want to try and you know the club's had a lot of stick over the last 12 months or so for its communication and I know there are various ways to solve that a lot through their own channels but we want to try and do that ourselves as well and try and give people a little bit more of a route 
to, to be able to talk to the club via us if needs be. At the same time, we, we'll talk about the football itself and, and how that works and, and have a good old chat about football, which is, after all, what we're all here to do. Yeah. Well, how, how does that happen with midweek fixtures then? Because um, obviously we've got the game next Tuesday, which mm. you said was Stokes Day, I think, was it Tuesday? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's around slightly that there wouldn't be a Vale Sport at six next Thursday or... No, no, no. So how that's going to work, um, uh, as I understand it, um, and I have to put the programmes together, so it so it largely be down to me. Um, so um, the six till seven bit will be Stoke City, um, and then um, from seven o'clock, obviously they're all seven forty-five kickoffs, um, and seven o'clock we will then build up to to all three of the shows. And to be fair, that's pretty much what we used to do our build up uh, before the BBC went through all its programming changes where everything starts at six o'clock now when we used to start at seven that's all we used to do and do build up from seven o'clock on all three games so we did so we 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 look at that six o'clock show as being a very as being different to what comes after it so um you know if Stoke Vale and crew are all playing on a Tuesday night realistically if you're a Vale fan, you're not putting the radio on at six o'clock, are you? Let's be honest. Um, and if you're a Crew fan, you're not putting the radio on at six o'clock. If you're a Stoke fan, you may not be. But the idea, I think, is we give now each club a dedicated night, and therefore it's it's a bit of the they use the old phrase appointment to listen, but it also means we get an hour of content out of both of them. But in mm. terms of how it would work on a Tuesday, let's say for example, if Vale and Crew were playing and Stoke weren't, the six till seven show. Stoke, um, but we'd still do within that, like the team news that we would get out at say quarter to seven and what have you, um, and then from seven o'clock we'd just do the full build up like we would normally do as we did last year. So yeah, it it doesn't really change a lot to be honest. Yeah, like that. Good, I'm glad. I'll, I'll pass you on to me bosses and let them know you've approved. Uh, so let them know. <laughs> say Bezer approves. Bezer says, yeah, marvelous. Say it's all good. Um, oh, well, yeah, go on. we've had a lot of news since the last time me and you met Bez and spoke. Well, shall well, I do a film review before we do? We just get it out of the way. Oh, you got, I didn't know you'd, you'd been to see one. I did. I did. My mate picked me up Tuesday because I can't drive. Well, I couldn't drive then. I can now because my knee's better than it was. But I went yeah. to see the new horror film, Don't Talk To Me. Okay. You know what? That's what people. So that's what people say to me after they've heard me commentary every week. <laughs> well, it's an Australian horror, so that might go with it, Phil. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fine. <laughs> it was shit. All right. <laughs> Dog shit. Stayed for about half of it. And about half of it. I looked at my mate and went, "This is shit." And he went, "Yeah." I said, "Are we going?" He says, "Yeah." So I lasted about half of it and went. Oh, brilliant. But if anyone does want to go to the cinema, and I know I recommended it last week, go watch Oppenheimer. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, I saw that. I've seen it. Saw it last week. I liked it, but I thought, you've got to follow it, haven't you? You've got oh, yeah. to really concentrate. Because I was sat with a mate of mine, and, and you know, I like that he works for Radio 4. He's, you know, he's quite far more intelligent than I am. And we were sitting there, and I looked over at him and thought, if you're not getting this, then I'm not getting this. And he looked at him, and I could just see his one point, his eyes were kind of scrunched up and really kind of thought, you're concentrating really hard to follow this. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to sit back and watch it wait for the bomb to go off and that's pretty much what i did um, you just give a spoiler away don't listen i think it's what when did when did they do the test in about 1940 odd i think people yeah. may know by now yeah 
just just think it might the cat might be out the bag on that one, Bez, somehow. <laughs> but, you know. And I'm not going to see Barbie either. I'm not seeing no, that. No, not my cup of tea. No, someone at work asked me if I was going to watch that today, and my response is not for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm surprised you haven't been seeing it. I know what you all like. Uh, oh, like I said, I went three times last week, eight, but none of them was that. There, there you go. So there we go. There, there is film review done and dusted. Done and dusted. I might go next with that Gran Turismo comes out on Friday, so I might go watch that. That looks good. Oh, there we go then. So um, for the the review, you, you we might have some film review then, shall we? Yeah. If you get to watch it next Friday. No, yeah, it'll be next week. Yeah. Fair enough. Happy days we go. So, into 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 the news of the week. We've we've signed a striker, um, and one that comes with very 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 good words from Swansea fans. Um, one that the video that he's put on his own, well, shared on his own Twitter, can score all sorts of goals. He looks like he's um, he's not short of a yard or two of pace. Um, I like the fact that on the goals that he scored, some of them he's just he, he looks like he's falling over as he's managing to score them. So it shows that he's got a bit of got a bit of nous about him. So yeah, we, we've we've signed Josh Thomas. Phil, um, what were your thoughts on this signing? Well, I, I think judging by from people I've spoke to at the football club, um, and that's what I've gone off. Um, is that they've said he's added something different to the squad. Um, he's got pace, and that's the big thing. And I, and I think, if we're being honest, the squad does lack a little bit of that, doesn't it? If you if we're if we're going to be overly critical, uh, uh, the striker situation aside, um, it doesn't look it doesn't look like there's a lot of pace in there. So this lad's apparently very rapid. He can run. You know, he's he, he can outpace lots of the team as they stand. Um, and what about just the uh, run? Uh, well, that's a good point, Bezer. Actually, I've not seen how fast they run, but uh, you've you've picked me up on that, haven't you? Well done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and, but yeah, he's very rapid. Um, I think my only reservation would be there's obviously a big step up from playing under 19s, under 20s, under 23s, whatever, to then playing senior football. And and this lad is going to be on pretty much his first loan, I think, isn't he? So, and that's always a tough one. Some hit the ground running like a Kean Harrett. Others, like a Liam McCarran, don't. So, I think he's largely an unknown quantity. Um, but everything that you hear about him and everything that you read about him and his stats and all that type of stuff is is good. I think on the face of it, it's a good loan signing, but we've had lots of on the face of it, good loan signings before, haven't we? So I think the proof of the pudding is going to come in the eating and seeing whether or not he's actually up to playing senior football and how well he fits in with the rest of the team. Yeah, definitely. And Bez, your, your thoughts on the, the signing of a striker? Yeah. Obviously last week I said it was a shit show. We hadn't got a striker and a week before the season starts. I still think it's a shit show. We haven't got a striker in a week before the season starts. I'm not going backtrack on that. And again, as I said last week, it, I don't believe it's through lack of effort, lack of trying. The right one just didn't drop that we were after. However, this signing, I think, is full of promise. What gives me more hope is the fact you've heard Crosby say, you've heard Thomas's agent say that 
this has been in the makings for five weeks. So it isn't a panic buy. It isn't someone that we've just gone, oh shit, we haven't got a strike and the season kicks off. Let's just get this lad in. It's someone that we have really looked at. We've been going after and we've probably held off on signing other players that were further down the list, knowing that this could still happen, which could come back and bite you on the arse. Luckily it hasn't. And the other thing that fills me with a bit more confidence with this one than, let's say, a Mipo, is that during pre-season he's been, been, been banging goals in against men. So he has, and I know pre-season is a completely different animal to competitive football. And when he comes up against a League One centre-half in a competitive game, they're going probably be a lot more physical than he's faced in pre-season. But he has been playing against men and scoring goals against men. It isn't just all against kids. So we're well, looking forward sorry. to it and we needed a striker. Go on, Phil. Sorry, I'm just going to mention there, you've talked about the, the five weeks that they'd been tracking him. Andy Crosby actually expanded a bit on that um, when we spoke to him on our, on our programme that we did on Thursday night, in as much that they, the deal would have been done sooner, but Swansea, I think, had an injury at their end. So that then meant that they weren't 100% sure that they were going to let him out. And so Vale then had to go, right, do we, you know, do you stick or twist? Do you go for someone else? Would you hold, hang on? They made the decision to, to wait for this other injury to clear up to see whether or not Thomas would be allowed to come out. And at which point he was, that's when they've signed him. So in fairness to, to the football club, I think this would have been done a lot earlier had it not been for circumstances out of their control. So um, in that way, they were fielding a lot of questions, mostly by us and, and from lots of fans about why they haven't signed a striker. I think this would have been done two, three weeks ago had there not been, as I say, situation at Swansea's end, which has meant that they haven't been able to release him until now. On that, theoretically speaking, Phil, mm. there was a lot of links with the big lad of Huddersfield, Udling, Kyle Udling. Yeah. Do you think the fact that, have we potentially missed out on him because, again, situations changed and Huddersfield were willing to let him go out on loan at one point, but actually he's had such a good pre-season that we had Warnock come out and say in a post-match, he's going nowhere and I want him here. Yeah, I think I think that he was a player that that had crossed the radar definitely. Um, he's been very coy uh, as the manager and and Flitcroft when I spoke to him earlier on in the year about going for experienced players. And I think you know a good point was made when I asked about experienced goalkeepers, and they said, well, the the two better goalkeepers in League One last year were Cooper at Plymouth and Trafford at. Um, Bolton, both of whom were yeah. in their 20s. So I think they're very hesitant to kind of turn around and go, yes, we're after an experienced centre forward. So I think Hudlin was definitely somebody that would have crossed the radar, if you like. And um, I think it's just, what's the phrase? Bad luck, sods law, whatever. Yeah. That he's then gone and had a really good pre-season with Huddersfield. Um, and therefore has probably worked his way into their first-team plans. Um, Tyree Simpson was the other lad, I think Neil Warnock mentioned, wasn't he, who, who yeah. went out. I don't think he was on Vale's radar. I um, don't think they, they looked at him seriously, um, because I think he is, if you think about it, he's very similar to a Ellis Harrison-type player. He's very strong, powerful, physical, um, and and comes alive in the penalty area. And do you want two of the same? Do you want something different to what you've already got? Um, I think Hudlin would have been very different because of his height, but also his hold-up play. Um, I think Josh Thomas has obviously got that pace um, and that ability to go past players. So I think what they've tried to look at is different types of players. And Hudlin, I think, would have come across the radar, as I say just now, maybe bad luck, whatever, that he's had such a good 
good pre-season that now Huddersfield obviously think he's ready to, to work with them rather than to go out for another 12 months or, or six months or whatever on loan. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. And Johnny, are you gutted we missed out on Presley that's gone Stevens? Because there's a lot of Vale fans with something to say on that one on social media. Yeah, you're, well, you're gutted, but that's more about the jokes, aren't you, than the actual... Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he's left me in the heartbreak hotel. Yes, mm. but, but um, in all fairness, no, like, I'm really not. I, I, he didn't impress when, when I saw him twice at Accrington last year. He, he doesn't, like, there's nothing about him that says he should be the one. I, I definitely wouldn't have wanted to pay a decent amount of money for him. And let's be fair, he's he, he looks like he stayed somewhere where he can live in the same house that he's, he's probably living in now. So um, I've heard Crosby talking today, uh, well, on, on both interviews, saying about we haven't financially missed out on anyone. It's, it's to do with personal life, family and stuff like that. And if we were in for Presley, that smacks of that reason. Because rumours are that us, Cambridge and Barnsley, missed out. Yeah. And that says to me, you'd go Barnsley if you're going anywhere, out of them yeah. clubs. Like, no, under no illusions that Barnsley are a bigger club than us. So, you, so you'd be going there. So if they've missed out, then it's, it's something different. And signing for Stevenage, like I say, 30 minutes from home compared to two and a half, three hours from home. Yeah, and I think sometimes football fans, they just look at the, and we're all guilty of it, look at sort of the, the small picture and go, oh, well, it's got to be money. And that's the first thing, oh, Stephen is about bidders. And never think about location, where his family is, where his girlfriend is, and perhaps he didn't want to listen to me giving Elvis gags every uh, Saturday night <laughs> on the review. Oh, yeah. I there, think the, there is, sorry, lads, just to interrupt. There is, there is another aspect to this as well, and, and this has come from talking to ex-footballers, is that some of them, want to go somewhere where they feel that they'll play every week. Um, and, you know, money is a driver, but as you've said, I think increasingly in the lower leagues, at least now, there is that whole idea, particularly amongst the more experienced players, about where they about the family aspects of it. Do they want to travel too far from where their family's based? Do they want to uproot their family to move somewhere else? But I also think from, from talking to some ex-pros as well, they will go somewhere that they think, am I going to, you know, is the manager still going to be here? And, and this is not a, an Andy Crosby dig at all. This is other clubs where they've gone, like, oh, the manager's ended last season badly. Is he still going to be here in three months? Am I then going to be sitting on the transfer list or sitting on the bench? Or, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a target man. I'm going to a club where they've already got a target man. Am I just going to be an impact sub? Am I not going to play? Am I not going to get me promotion, uh, your, your appearance bonuses or whatever? Am I going to play like whatever? You know, I'm just going to be coming off the bench for the last 10 minutes. So there's a lot of that as well, I think. Um, and I think if you look at what Vale have got, numbers, yes, they're short. But Ellis Harrison is that kind of, if you like, bigger, more physical presence in the penalty area. I think Vale have gone looking for something different to what he is to complement him rather than replace him. Um, but that's not to say that they haven't looked for backup for him. But again, convincing a player to come as backup is more difficult than saying, right, you're going to be my number one choice. So there, are, I think there are, there are so, so many things. And it's easy to say, right, we're a bigger club than Stevenage. We're a bigger club than Accrington. We're a bigger club than Morecambe, for example. I think it's easy to say that. I think what, what happens is if somebody said to you, right, 
Bez, for example, Johnny, we're going to offer you a job and you're going to get paid a lot more money for what you do, but you're going to have to go and live on the Isle of Sky and not see your family for the next, you know, one day out of the week for the next two years. You'd think twice, wouldn't you, rather than just go take the money. So I think that there is an element, there is an element of that. And plus, if you thought, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to go up to the Isle of Sky and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to be back up to somebody else. And if they bring in sick one day for their job, that's when I'm going to work. So I'm just going to go up there and twiddle my thumbs for two years. I think that there is, there is an element of that too, I think. Yeah, no, I'm with you. So for those those Vale fans with suspicious minds thinking that um, oh. Steve beat us to Presley for money, we just can't help believing it wasn't just the money. You've written these gags down, haven't you? <laughs> No, I haven't. They, just, they just come to me, but I'll leave the Elvis <laughs> jokes there. Elvis has left the building. Oh, no. So, yeah, I don't know. I'll follow that. <laughs> I, well, actually, I do. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going, I'm going to do one, one of them, um, them, them tedious links talking about people oh. leaving the building. Sir Malbenian's left the building. Look at that. Set you up perfectly. <laughs> you did. There was, there was no catching me in a trap. No. I can't compete with this, lads. You, you two just talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we, we've we've heard today Mal Benning's left. Um, he's he's moved on to Shrewsbury. So for me, he goes with nothing but the best wishes. Um, promotion season. He started the season and looked terrible. Came came back, got himself in some quality condition, and then was undroppable towards the end, barring maybe that Warsaw game. But we won't talk about that one. Um, and yeah, he then looked to be out, hung out again at the start of last season. And for for whatever reason, maybe more luck than judgment, he managed to starve off um, Chris Ussie, Thierry Small, Liam McCarran. Um, and I'm pretty certain I've missed one other. But yeah, starved off three or four others wing backs. So. It leaves with my best wishes. Um, Bez, do you think it leaves his light now at left wing back? or And the big one you missed out, the winning goal at Wembley. I know the game was won by then, but the goal that wrapped it all up, 3-0 against his old club, he'll always be remembered as the guy that scored that third goal at Wembley for us. So, whether he goes with nothing but my best wishes. And I, I like Malben. I thought he was going to be a squad player this year and would have been all right as a squad player. I don't think any of us saw him starting. Um, does it leave us a bit light? Potentially. Potentially, because we've now got Conor Grant at left wing back, haven't we? Who played nine games last season for Plymouth. So, if he gets an injury like he did last year, which, you know, touch wood, it was only... It was a one-off. It isn't something that's regular. But if he gets an injury now... You're looking at maybe Mitch Clark as a backup on the left, maybe Tom Sang. Dan and then Jones. Looking down. Oh, Dan Jones could potentially do a job there, but I think we all said last season we'd prefer seeing him in the middle than at wing back. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I, th- I, think, I, th- I think the other thing is maybe we're not going to be as predictable on if a key player got an injury, there's the, there's the formation change. I know Crosby's spoken a lot about being flexible, hasn't he? Mm. So and then obviously, maybe. on that young Jack Shaw that's got a squad number now, I don't think we'd be expecting to see him play much at all this season. But that's the only round peg in a round hole, I think, if Conor Grant got injured. Yeah. yeah I, 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 sorry, lads. Go on. Go on. Sorry. No, go on, Phil. Well, I, I, the way I look at it is if 
you know, I uh, I think Mal Benning is has been a great servant to the football club. Um, I think if we're all going to be brutally honest, I think towards the end of last season, he struggled a bit. And I think, you know, there were times when I wasn't a big fan of playing Sammy Robinson at left wing back when that was happening. You know, you'd look at that on a team sheet and, you'd, you know, you skinny your teeth would go back a little bit and you'd think, really? So, I, you know, I think Mal ended up playing there at the end of last year because the amount of competition for him. Don't forget, we started the season with four left wing backs and ended up with one. Um, and now that one's gone as well. So none of the four wing backs we had at the start of last year are still here, which is probably an indictment of the recruitment process. But going back to your original point in terms of how things line up, without any insider knowledge whatsoever, I think, let's say Conor Grant gets injured, I think you're probably looking at maybe Mitch Clark going over to the left and then Tom Sang maybe going out to the right or something like that. James Plant can play there if he plays like a 3-4-3. James Plant can go out and play on that right as well. And he's quite disciplined. Lewis Cass can do that too. Um, so I think they may have looked at it and gone, you know, maybe we take the money that we could take for a light-for-light light replacement and then go and stick that maybe somewhere else in the budget where maybe we're a bit weaker, i.e. a centre-forward, and we can use that for a little bit more money later on. I don't know. I'm not saying that with any insider knowledge. That's just a best guess. Um, you mentioned the reason I, I butted in quite rudely was what you mentioned there about Jack Shorrock and Andy Crosby spoke very highly of him and how highly he rates him and, and, and feels that he's got a real big future in the game. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in the season you see him introduced into the team in the same way that maybe James Plant was thrown into the team. Um, but he will get more of a gradual introduction into that role and you know, maybe might come on for 15 minutes here and there once a game's won at the end of a match to try and build up those minutes and and improve his experience He's certainly got all the physical attributes. He's got a great deal of ability. Um, anybody, I think you said earlier, didn't you, Bez? Anybody who saw those Youth Cup games last year, were he was outstanding. Mm. Um, and he was 15 think, at that point. Yeah, and he was again. Yeah, exactly. So he's 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 you know he's ahead of his time. He's ahead of the curve. I think he is going to be gradually introduced over the course of the season, and with a view towards maybe not towards the end of the year but maybe into next year being you know more of a regular and that I think is a good plan because it means you've got you're developing your own talent and you're not just as we've all seen in the past sometimes you're not just running out thinking oh we've lost a left wing back let's go and get whatever left wing backs out there as a free agent who might not be much good or might have his past behind you know best days behind him so I think that that will be the plan I think there may be one or two little stop gaps I'd also back Mitch Clark to be a bit more effective on his left wing back than maybe Sammy Robinson was um so you know back you'd be more effective at left wing back than Sammy Robinson was so you haven't seen me play not outfield anyway um but but I've seen Sammy Robinson (laughs) well fair, fair enough fair enough but um, yeah, I think that may be the plan, is rather than just go out and get a like-for-like, like, I think there would be a little bit of shuffling around to try and accommodate it with a view to the long-term getting Jack Shorrock more involved. Yeah, makes sense. I was going to yeah. say the pizza trophy, Johnny, but I don't... Is it the pizza trophy this season? I don't think it is, it's is not, it? Not the pizza trophy. No, it still is the Papa whatever trophy. Is it? Yeah, yeah, still 
Yeah, I, for BBC, I can't say an advertising name, you see, so I'm not allowed to say it, but I, I still call it Pete. Football, football League Trophy. Football you see, that's how trophy. I still call it. I'm, I, see, I'm old school. If you ever listen to the commentary, I will always say League Cup and Football League Trophy, and I will never say the sponsor's name because I was I was brought up old school when it came to stuff like that. No advertising. So. Fair enough. There <laughs> we go. So, I think they're, they're two, two, two of the... The big news stories to come out of the club. Um, one of the other news stories to come out of the club, which is probably not so positive, the loyalty points. Um, we've cocked this up, haven't we? Like, I, I, I just think that to, to scrap everything down to zero after last season doesn't really strike me as a loyalty point. Um. I know that we've had a bit of an explanation from it put out on the the official club website, but Bez, where where are you sat here? Do you, do you think that it was the right thing to do, or what? What are you thinking? I think for me, and I'm going to be totally honest, this week with me knee and everything, I haven't been on social. I couldn't be asked, and I couldn't be bothered to listen to everybody moaning about the fact that the sun got up in the morning because let's be honest that's what people moan about on social we have got this wrong though so i understand why people have moaned about this but i've kind of not been bothered because i've got my barnsley ticket i've got my blackpool ticket i think the problem for me is that it's called a loyalty scheme and people are hanging on to the word loyalty we need to change it to call something like a ticket priority system because people are like oh i've had a season ticket for 40 years so i'm loyal that's not what this is about this is about making sure people that go the away games regularly are the first in queue to get to the away games. So let's change it to ticket loyalty scheme or something like that, because people really get hung up on the word loyalty. Um, after, and Johnny, have you had an email tonight? Because again, I haven't kept up with the group chat or anything. Yes. For everybody that went to the summit. So everybody that went to the summit has had a more in-depth explanation, which will be coming out to all the fan base. It kind of makes sense, but for me, what's gone wrong is they didn't communicate that out from the word go. Yeah, I think I think the other thing for me that doesn't sit well is if you had a season ticket last season and you went X amount of games away, and for whatever reason, circumstances changed and you can't afford to have one this season, you might miss out on Burton for having a small away end, Fleetwood, something like that later on in the year because of it. And that's where what you've just said about it saying loyalty doesn't work because it's not you're not being rewarded for loyalty last season. You you just you're being rewarded on what you can do now, what you can afford now. And I'm fine with them resetting it if they tell you that that's the plan. And I get that they might not have known that until they looked at the fixtures and gone, you know what, we can get away with this. Maybe there was a cock up in the system that means that they can't host everything like they'd want to. Maybe there's been some gremlins who we we kind of need to know probably a little bit more. But I do really think that the communication should have been better around it, and they they should have at least, even if it was just say anyone that that had more than three three hundred loyalty points last season. They 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 start this season with an extra fifty or something like that, just just to at least reward the people and boost it 
they needed to do something. And that's the big thing. They needed to have done something to reward last season's loyalty whilst it's called a loyalty scheme. Because my understanding of it when it was released was this is going to be a rolling multi-year thing. It's going to reward people's spends. It's going to reward what people do and all that jazz. And now it just seems like it's a, oh, it's a one-season thing. Next season will reset. So it's, it's not an issue in terms of getting tickets for me. I think, you, like you said, we've, we've, everyone that wanted them have got Barnsley tickets because we're taking 1,400 and a 5,000 away end. Everyone that wanted them so far have got Blackpool tickets because it's 2,500 and it's Tuesday night. So, you know, it's not going to be a problem there. It's, it, it's just if it becomes a problem later on in the year and someone missed out who maybe doesn't deserve to miss out. And I know that's hard to say one fan is more deserving than another, but if if someone went every game last season and then for work purposes, they now work Saturdays and can't and miss out. Mm. I think that's a little bit harsh in, in a loyalty scheme. Yeah, I'm with you. And we need to have a look at, and the club will be, look at how we sort of get it right. And it has upset a lot of people, which was never the intention from the club. And I can understand why people are upset. For me, I was at the cinema on Tuesday as well. That was the night I went watch Don't Talk To Me or at least half of it. So when I got home, I just got my Blackpool ticket, so I missed all that. So it does yeah. sound like, bloody Albert, you're all right, Jack. But I'm all right, Jack. Yeah, and, and do you know what? I think I think in the cold light of day, if the, if the Blackpool fiasco hadn't happened, I don't know if, they would have, if people would have noticed. I don't know if the club would have announced it. And that's part of what is a bit... I'm a bit on the edge about, do you know what I mean? I don't know if they've reacted to something. And I know when we spoke at the Supporters Summit and one of the things we said was face up to stuff a bit more and be a bit more honest when when things have gone quiet. And I know the media media guys and everything did did well on, on the Blackpool night to keep, keep people updated, tweeted out two or three times during that stage. But we did, something something definitely needs to change with it. And... Is it right to then backtrack on it now? I don't know. But and we need clarity now of what's happening at the end of this season for next season. Is it resetting? Yeah. And tell us now. For me, an ideal scheme, and again, change the name. Change it to a ticket, whatever I said earlier, because I forgot what I said. But ticket loyal, ticket reward system, something like that. Because that's what it is. You're not getting loyalty for buying your shirt, for buying etc. what have you. So call it a ticket system or something and is it a role in two years because what we don't want to do is say your loyalty points last forever because then you eventually you're going to have the away and full of 50 plus year olds and the youngsters can't get in because those that have been going forever sat there so it's got to be kind of rolling at some point but what's the cutoff point and i don't know the answer well uh, the, the, those those down the road they've they've got one um and how theirs actually works is that your loyalty points expire on the 31st of August. Mm-hmm. So for the first couple of games of the new season, last year's loyalty points count. And then you start you start again from a fresh from there and your season ticket ones are on and you go at it that way. And I don't actually think that's that bad of an idea because for the first couple of away games, whoever they may be, you're still rewarding loyalty from the season before. And then you're giving everyone else the chance to build up. And I know some people might say, well, 
that doesn't that doesn't allow anyone that didn't have a season ticket the year before to 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 go to them first couple of away games if if it was someone like a Fleetwood or whatever. But I think I think you've 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 got to you've got to figure something out. We we're in the fortunate position that we've actually got a big fan base um, in terms of away travel because we do travel really well. So it, it's going to be a problem for us a bit more than it is other places. And I, I saw, I've seen Bolton fans kicking off online this this week because they haven't got a loyalty scheme. So it shows that we we are thinking about it. We've now just got to execute it better. Yeah, priority ticketing system. I think is what I come up with as the name. How do you fancy that? Priority. Yeah, that that works. I, I think. The loyal for me, I don't mind the loyalty thing. It's just people get hung up on the word loyalty and they're like, "What? What's loyalty? I've been game for forty years. What's loyalty? I do you know what I mean?" Yeah, I, I get that, and I fully, I fully agree with that. I just think that if they explain it now, like you've just said, and said what loyalty means is that you're able to go or have the potential to go x amount of games away from home this season if you if you carry on going. Then that's fine if you know it's going to reset at the end of next season. But I just think because it's just reset without any warning, and part of me, like I said, the cynical part of me does think that I don't think it would have been announced if, um, if, if the Blackpool fiasco wouldn't have happened. And maybe I'm being a bit cynical because maybe they would have had to announce it the next time away tickets went on sale because they'd have to say, oh. It's 130, 145, 135 points, whatever it works out at for. I can't remember where the away day, Charles. Yeah. Maybe it would have been announced then and kind of people then would have picked up and gone, oh, hang on, where's my 600 points from last season gone or whatnot? But. And another away end that we won't fill. Yeah. So I do think that they've. The, the, the reasoning they've said behind it of the, 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 the way that. Points were allocated last season. And I know that Matt, who gets my away tickets most of the time, has said before that he used to get both both sets of points and I'd get the points as well. Um, and for a while, he'd get points on buying home tickets for other people and stuff like that. So it wasn't perfect. Right. Um, so I can, see, I can see the clubs thinking that you might look at someone like that that's gone, oh, actually, well, they've managed to get 600 and odd points through don't want to say ill game because he hasn't done it maliciously, but through the system being yeah through the system be not being properly robust yeah, yeah exactly so hopefully they fix it and hopefully they 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 come out with something and like you've just said hopefully they they just turn around and say look this scheme ends at X date and regardless of what happens then next season this is happening and even if that's like you said they turn around and say you're keeping them for 12 months and then next season this season's drop off so you've got 12 months in the bank basically yeah. i think people would be happy with that yeah because like you said you've got to draw a line somewhere and i think 12 months even six months for me you could not you could knock six months points off and i i'd i think i'd be all right with it i just think you should be giving those that travelled up and down the country, especially in the second half of last season, because some places was diabolical last season. I think you should be rewarding that a little bit. And I've seen people like you've just touched on, Bez, to turn around and go, well, 
have you missed out on your ticket? No, I haven't. So should I really be that bothered about it? Yeah, probably not, but it, it it could happen later on in the season. Mm. Um, and I don't want to put, be put in that position where I can get a ticket somewhere, but one of my mates can't because they haven't been able to have a season ticket this, se- this season. But they're probably going to go the majority of the home and away games anyway. Um, but it puts us in that position of well, when we when we get to Fleetwood Burton, do I get my ticket because it's standing and hope for the best, or do we wait and we all miss out? It's 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 yeah. that sort of thing for me. Whereas if you had that historical data, you might all get a chance. But again, I think it's all it's it's all down to personal circumstance and these sort of things. And some people will be raging about it more than others. I do think two things for me, communication wasn't wasn't good on it at all because it was very reactive. And the other thing is I do think that they should have they should be giving something, even if it's just for this season, say anyone that got a season ticket gets an extra hundred points just sort of to to kind of keep the keep keep the peace. Just I will caveat, I'm very blase about this because it hasn't really affected me. And yeah, if I'd have been sat at home at six o'clock on Tuesday trying to get my Blackpool ticket and I couldn't go on the system, it took me three hours to get it, I'd have been raging. So I am a lot calmer, the fact I went to cinema. So that's one thing. But you're saying that, get a season ticket and extra, say, 50 points, 100 points of that. If we're doing that, and I get the concept, and again, without knowing that the points are right, it's hard. But if you kept the previous 12 months, people that maybe didn't have a season ticket but paid for 20 home games and went 20 away games have potentially got more points in the bank there than someone that had a season ticket and didn't go any away games. So maybe they should be above them in the pecking. Do you know what I mean? But this is where yeah. you need to really look at the system and how it's going to work. Yeah, I just I just think that for this, if, if, the, if, the, if, if the point system was so messed up last season, that they can't they can't actually physically sort it out in the time that we've got. I just think that something should have been done, whether that was like you like you say, anyone with season ticket, 1876, whatever, who anyone that had renewed got an extra whatever, and then it'd just be a case of look, we we get it, but we can't we, we can't give everyone. I'm sure that you can get the, the points data off a spreadsheet. And then look at it and go, well, actually, we played, if you had a season ticket and then you went all 23 games, you will have got 230, 400. You would have ended up with about 500 points if you'd gone the pizza trophy, the FA Cup games and stuff like that. Like, I'm sure they could they could work it out there and go, the cap is 500 points. Anything over that, we we just, we get rid of because they they aren't, they aren't proper points. And then you go from there, you go, right, okay, so Bez, you, you've you've hit 390 this season. So you this season you get 50 points added, whereas Johnny, you've hit 410. So you get an extra 100 points added to start this season. So it rewards what you did. It's, it's you, things you like... an extra 50 points for 20 points. Yeah, but it, the, the, the difference is you'd have to put a cut, cut off in. That 20 points is an extra two away games. So it's a difference between you. I go, see your two away games, and I raise your two pizza games. Yeah, you got double points for one and pizza games. You, you snake. What do points make? 
Well, in this case, nothing made him different. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> makes nothing at all. Phil, any thoughts on the loyalty scheme or aren't you bothered because you've got a seat at every game home and away reserved for you? Well, I could sound really like Regency bias here and go, I don't care. But I, I, I do because there's lots of people I know who've been affected by it. But I have to be truthful and say, you know, it isn't something that affects me because I, 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 I go to every game you know, I would go through choice, but I go because that's what I'm employed to do, despite how some people on the internet feel about that. Um, but I think it's a really hard one to get right. I think, you, as you've said, what you don't want is you don't want people building up loyalty points for years on end. And then all of a sudden you turn around and see an away end that's full of people who've been building these up and nobody. Uh, and let's face it, football's for everybody. It's not just for people who've been going for 50 odd years. It's for people who have been going for 50 weeks. You know, it's, it, 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 it is for everybody. And I think it's difficult to get right. I think the club need to, as you've both said already, it, a scheme of some sort is right. It's how they implement it. I still think they're finding their way through the right way to do that. And, you know, um, I know a lot of people, as you undoubtedly do, um, who were, were pretty upset with the whole resetting of the loyalty points to zero. To me, that seems to be a little bit of a sledgehammer to crack a nut. But I don't know, and I doubt any of us do, the actual logistical and technology requirements of, of trying to pro-rata everybody's points as to where I don't certainly know. So I don't want to criticise something I don't I don't really know about. But... I still think they're finding the way through it, but I can understand why loads and loads of people are upset. I think a scheme's important. I think this one is still in its infancy and there's still one or two mistakes that have been made with this. Yeah, that's fair. Any more on loyalty, Johnny? No, I think I'm good on loyalty. No, I think that's... Well, that's on that, just a question for you, Phil, just on about you being at every game home and away and having your seat secured. Mm. Given the added yeah. time that's going to be on games next season, will you get overtime for these games? Oh, hell, I don't get overtime now. Um, so, no, nothing like that, I'm afraid, Bez. If, if, if they get 10 minutes added on, I don't get an extra 10 quid of your licence fee, so don't think about that, no. But on a serious note, and I've only thought this as I made a bit of a joke there, mm. if sport on Saturday sport on radio, so it's going to go off at 6 o'clock still, you might struggle actually get the managers in time. If we're going to be playing till... 10 past quarter past five, potentially. Because yeah. there might be seven, eight minutes added on each half. Yeah, there is that. I mean, it, it does it does beg the question, doesn't it, And uh, of what we do. And I think that's the reason now that certainly what I'm planning to do is that when and give you a little, you know, they call this thing like you peel back the curtain. So it tells yeah. you the little technicals of how all this works. So when I do my post-match interview with Andy Crosby, and to be fair, he's normally out 20 minutes after the final whistle. Um, so once he's done it, it's then incumbent on me to be able to get that back to work so people can hear it on praise and grumble. So what I don't know, you've probably noticed for the last 12 months, maybe a bit more now, what I've been doing is I video the post-match interviews and you get a little snippet of them goes up on the BBC Stoke Sport Twitter page. Um, and, you, you you know, it'll be like maybe 30 seconds to a minute of, of maybe what he, what he said about that result or if something significant's happened or what have you, then that's the main bit that'll go up there. Um, what we're trying to do this year is we are trying to send the whole interview back. So if you don't get to hear it on the radio, 
be able to watch the whole thing on social media and I know not everyone's on social media and I know that doesn't work for everybody but I think it is the best we can do because the way that things are changing obviously we have networked programs from 6 p.m onwards so we can't overrun um so it will it will largely depend on that but you're quite right you know if we're talking about you've got you know your second half might not start till 10 past four quarter past four um and at which point then you're going right well that means your game might not finish till 10 past quarter past five so that gives you 45 minutes rather than an hour um it will depend on the club. Some managers are better than others. Um, I think Andy Crosby is quite good. Certainly, I've only done it post-match with him a few times now, but he's quite good as to when he comes out. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But the whole interviews that we do, and I know the club record mine as well, um, but the whole interview will go up on, if you look up, will go up on um, our BBC Stoke Sport Twitter. So if you're following that, if you're on your socials, follow that after the game. As soon as it's been done, as soon as we've sent it back, um, it tends to go pretty much straight away after it's got back to work. So, you know, say 25 minutes, maybe a little bit more after the final whistle. That's when we're aiming to get them up. Yeah, there we go. Peeling back the curtain. We didn't have any problem when we did that last week, did we, Johnny? No, we didn't. I can what? see your curtains from here, Bez. I'm not sure I want to pull it, peel them back, thanks. No, no don't peel them back. <laughs> but we tried on the shirt launch last week and we've already given our apologies. Yeah. Well, on, on, on that note, though, on the added time, I saw that Mike Lowen tweeted and um, he said that there's better ways of go- combating time wasting, but then never shared an opinion on what he had viewed as a better way. Do you see this this added time lasting more than a few months in terms of once they start doing it and players realise that they're having a detrimental effect and it's being added on, surely they're gonna, th- that sort of thing's going to stop, isn't it? I don't know. I think a lot of this is referees' discretion as well because they may be going, you know, right, OK, we've stopped the watch. I've got, what, 10 minutes to add on? Um it's always, isn't it, a minimum of or whatever added on time. or But half the time, you know, it's at the ref's discretion. Um, you know, so I, it's become such a part of the game now that to say, right, let's cut it out overnight is, is pretty unrealistic. You know, we've seen it ourselves, haven't we? Lucas, bless him, last year, you know, at Scunthorpe, if you remember, went to take a goal kick and looked as if he'd been hit by a bus and ended up lying on the ground for about 20 minutes when nothing had happened to him. Um, so what does the referee do there? Does he go, oh, right, well, I'll add on, I'll add on eight minutes for the fact that he's been done and then I'll add on 30 seconds for each sub. Bear in mind, you've got, what is it, nine players on the bench now you can have? And you can still, you can, uh, you think, well, you can still only use, I think, five subs, can't you? Yeah. But, you know, there's going to be some pretty big technical areas next year too. Um, and so if you think, well, some managers are going to go, right, I might bring on some five subs here. I might bring on a few time-wasting subs. Somebody somewhere is going to have to make a judgment call and the ref might go, right, well, we've had, feasibly had 10 subs. So that's another five minutes added on. And then I might have to add on six minutes for that injury or, eight minutes for that stoppage or whatever. And then you're going, right, I'm adding on 15 minutes. Bloody hell, how much how, how much longer do you think refs will want to do that? They might just go, well, I'm going to average this out. There'll be refs, no doubt, and you'll know better, who'll be going, Let, oh, you can't do that. They're all human. Some of them will do it. Um, so I, I, I just think it's going to be harder to cut it out 
from a player's perspective because that many of them do it. Um, and I think it's more likely that refs will be more flexible with the amount of time or fourth officials won't just keep to that stopwatch as much as they could because I don't think they want the game held up for as long as they do. So, yeah, I, I think it's more likely that the officials might, you know, use their own discretion rather than it be cut out completely by players because that won't happen, I don't think. No, I think refs will be letter of the law because the game have assesses, yeah, the game have assesses that watching them who will have a gauge of roughly what they should be adding on and if they're not, they'll be marked down for it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do think will happen is start of the season, the refs are going to be hot on with yellow cards for not getting back on a free kick. So people standing on the wall, kicking the ball away, stuff like that. What will probably happen is after two months, refs will stop doing that because they'll get bored of it, which they mm-hmm. shouldn't. They should carry on all the way through. But this year, Phil, I don't know if you've seen substitutions, it's no longer 30 seconds of sub, it's the time that the sub takes. Ah, so right. If I someone didn't know takes. That. If someone takes two minutes to get off the pitch, they're adding two minutes on this year, not 30 seconds. Right. They're also adding on when the ball goes in for a goal, the watch stops and doesn't start again until kickoff's taken. So right. you're adding two minutes a goal on, let's say, for all the celebrations, etc. Penalty kicks, as soon as the ref gives a penalty, the watch stops and we'll start again when the penalty's taken. So it's no longer, that was not factored in before. That's now being factored in. But you are talking... Ball- 10 minutes yeah. or so, aren't you? have added on oh, yeah. time. It's going to be, yeah. yeah. That's um, mad. Injuries now, it's no longer 30 seconds in injury or whatever they were saying. It's however long that player is down injured for. So if that player's oh. down for five minutes, you're adding the full five on. But what they are saying now is if a player goes down injured and receives treatment and the player that fouled him is not booked or sent off, that player has to go off the pitch and will remain off the pitch for a minimum of 30 seconds of the ball in play. So it's not a case of trotting off and coming straight back on this season. They will have to right. be off that pitch for 30 seconds of the ball and play, which potentially the other team could score while they're down to 10 men. So hopefully players aren't going to be feigning injuries much this season. The multi-ball system is obviously back this year, so there'll be eight balls around the pitch. So that should speed up on throw-ins, etc. But they are basically saying to players, you're not conning us this year. And they've also told referees, give more contact before they give a foul, i.e., mm. Someone brushes past and you fall over. That's not a foul this season. See, the biggest thing for me is that a lot of last year, there were games that no one game, single game sticks out. But, um, you know, there are times when Vale have just been building up ahead of steam. I think Accrington was one of them, wasn't there, at home. And Vale are just building up ahead of steam. Somebody will go down and then they're down. And then it takes an age for them to get back up. And then they need treatment. And then... You know, and that breaks up the momentum of the game. And it's applying, like you say, the letter of the law to momentum in a game, which is really difficult to get right, I think. And the refs have got to do it by the letter of the law. What I've just said is what I think is human nature will be, you know, and while they might be assessors and all that will be hot on after a while. I still think that element of human error creeps in because we've seen what refs are like and we've seen that. You know, sometimes they will get things wrong and sometimes somebody's going to forget to hit a stopwatch. Sometimes somebody's going to forget to do this or somebody won't want to do it. Um, you know, and, and that will that will I think that will creep in, not through corruption or anything like that. I just think it'll become, you know, refs will go, oh, God, another 10 minutes I've got to add on now. Christ, you know, and it, and, and there will be an element of that because it's human nature. And people may think I'm daft in saying that, but I've spoke to refs and some, you know, some genuinely nice people. You know, refs as well, Bezzy, you, you know, you've worked with them, you know them. Um, and 
they are nice people, but sometimes you will get a ref will go, oh, I'm doing that. So, you know, it, it, human nature dictates it. What I did note with interest is that Vale got David Rock on Saturday at Barnsley, and he's got a great reputation amongst Vale fans, hasn't he, for, 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 for being, uh, shall we say, more than stringent. So, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not entirely sure his performance may go down well with Vale fans on Saturday. Did you know he's got a famous relative in Hollywood? Oh, no. I know where this is going. Dwayne? No, that'd be if his surname was Johnson, Bezzer. Dwayne The Rock? Oh. Yeah, but it's, it's Dwayne Johnson. See, Chris would have worked oh. better. Yeah, it would, actually. See, <laughs> you've been hoisted by your own petard there, haven't you? Got Keep his off. name out of your goddamn mouth. Exactly. There you go. Done. Good job but... this is on Skype and we can't start slapping one another, in it. <laughs> Well, there you go. Ref Watch is brought to you by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. If you smell, I'm not doing. Yeah. I'm not doing that in the game on Saturday. I am not doing that. I'm. I'm not for all the tea in China. I would not start doing rock impressions. Go on, because although we won't be able to hear it, I'm sure Josh Green will get a video up on Twitter for you. <laughs> No, I, I, I don't think I'd survive. So, yeah, maybe on the last day of the season. So, yeah. Yeah. No, Ref Watch will be after the game on Saturday, Johnny. Yes, it will. Uh, but, yeah, um, let's let's move on to Saturday now, unless there's any, any more, there, anything else I've missed. Are we doing a preview of the season for other teams or not? Because we're already an hour in. Um, just a quick, quick one, then. I'll well, answer three questions that I sent you. Go on then, um, Phil, you go first. Okay, yeah, so, fire away. So, first one, Phil, um, I sent, sent over three questions and I want to know who do you think will be the three teams that get promoted? Okay. Um, I think I think Bolton are going to be strong this year. Um, I think they've recruited pretty well. Um, you know, I think that they are a strong physical team. They have a lot of the they have a lot of stuff that you need to get out of this league. So I think Bolton will do well. I think Derby will fancy their chances as well. Um, they were really close last year. Um, so I think they'll be up there. And I think they might be the two automatics. And then below them, at the playoffs, I think you're looking at... I think Bristol Rovers will do pretty well this year. Um, I've... I've big fan of, of some of the players that they bought in Luke Thomas, Giovanni Brown, players like that who will score goals at this level and they'll cause problems at this level and they seem to have got the art and I know we've talked a lot about loan players seem to have got the art of getting a decent loan player in like they got with Connor Taylor a couple of years ago who's just signed permanently for him today and they got that Josh Coburn last year as well didn't they so they seem to have a knack of picking up good young players from championship and premier league clubs so I think they'll do pretty well but I would go down I would go down along the lines of probably Bolton and Derby and me my top two and then within the playoffs I think Fleetwood will do okay this year Charlton have now got a goal scorer that they've been lacking in Alfie May um I think I think Charlton probably are just going to sneak in there. Portsmouth probably be strong again. I don't think any of the relegated clubs are really in a position to get their act together too yet. Blackpool, I think, will be the strongest of the three relegated clubs, but even they look a little bit short of firepower. So probably for me, Derby, Bolton to go automatically and then playoffs, maybe one out of Charlton and and 
probably Fleetwood, somebody like that, or Bristol Rovers probably be in the playoffs as well. Bess, and, and, and any change? Follow that. Um, <laughs> Bolton, yeah, we're here on Bolton, and that Stokey bastard scored for them at the weekend. Only joking, <laughs> we'll love you, really. <laughs> but yeah, Bolton, Bolton, Derby, my top two on with you. The one I think could sneak in the playoffs because they seem to have done a lot of good recruitment in the last couple of weeks, Wickham. I think Wickham have all of a sudden brought some good players in. They brought Dale Taylor, obviously one of them, who had a love Dale Taylor at the Vale. And that's going to answer one of your later questions, Johnny. But yeah, I th- Wickham are the other one I think could be in around the playoffs for you. I can't remember, but I remember seeing another couple of good signings that Wickham had made as well. So I'm going with them. Yeah, Wickham, come. See, I, I think we've all got the same top two. Because right. um, that's Bolton Darby. I think Portsmouth will get promoted. I think they've they made some cracking signings as well, Portsmouth have. So, um, yeah, I think they'll be. Um, I think, Phil, you've already touched on it with Bristol Rovers here, but um, Dark Horses, um, would you say Bristol Rovers would be your Dark Horse? Your, your yeah. Outside here? Yeah, I think, I mean, Joey Barton gets a lot of stick, but you can't really argue with what he's done with him over the last, well, what, 18 months, two years or so. And I know he had a rough start, but to get him doing what they did in League Two, and he's carried that momentum on, and he's backed by, you know, a club that obviously feels that his character is, you know, something just to be, not to be tolerated, but they seem to make, well, that's what you do, that's how you are. But so long as you manage our football club well, we don't really care. And he has recruited good players. He's got himself James Gibbons. He loves James Gibbons from people I know know James Gibbons and what they've said. He's a big fan of him. I'd still love James Gibbons in a Vale shirt. I think he's a great, great player. And, you know, to me, I'd still love to see him play again for the Vale one day. But him, Connor Taylor, like I say, Giovanni Brown, Luke Thomas, they've made some good signings. They're strong, they're powerful, they're quick, they're everything you need in this league. They just need to be a bit more consistent, I think. And I think now having had the benefit of a season up there, they are going to be sniffing around that top six and they'll grind out results as well, maybe in the past 12 months where they haven't managed to. So I think they'll be up there. As for you, who would your dark horses be? My dark horses and someone behind just going to be very, very happy, Burton Albion. I think they've made some cracking recruitment in the summer. I think Burton really have, and I think they'll be in and around the playoffs, sniffing around it, and their hope will be to sneak in for me. I think Burton have made some great additions this summer. Hmm. Fair enough. I think, um, I think Still the, not a rival, I think, though. I think you're mental, but... Um, Still not a rival. Right. Yeah, OK. Um, that's, that, that's, that's a strange choice. Um, we'll see. Yeah. For me, I'm going Stevenage. Yeah, I can... I think, I, I think they'll finish a lot higher than people probably w- would have predicted. Steve Evans is horrible as a man of the years. When you when you when you when he's against you, like he knows what he wants, he knows his style of football, and he knows how to implement it. So they've they've got an asset there, and they've made some some shrewd signings. Um, Butler from Peterborough is a great signing. Yes, so I I really think they'll be they'll they'll be they'll be top off and maybe pushing for playoffs. So. And then, obviously, Bez, you've already said then your mate Dale. Yeah. That, um, that after four goals and 19 games for Burton last season is the best thing since sliced bread. 
Bullied um, Smithy. Absolutely bullied Smithy. Yeah, but four goals in 19, that's, that's the stat for a striker, isn't it? He's not there to shoot goal scorer. He's there to set up the one next to him. He's there to occupy defenders, bully him, hold the ball up and lay it off to someone else to put it in the onion bag. I'm sorry, he's a striker. Striker's job is to score goals. And... You don't have two strikers scoring your 20 goals a season. One of them's there for, as a foil for the other. He's yeah, the foil. Alex, yeah, but Alice is the foil. You can't play two foils. Alice can be your goal scorer. He proved that starting last season. Mm, I bet I'd, I'd, six mm. and six was it? Yeah, I didn't buy there. He'd be a goal scorer there over the over the course of a season. I think he's your bully. But didn't he get twenty goals plus two seasons in a row at Bristol Rovers? Non-league though, wasn't it? Not both years, weren't no. One was non-league. One was league tip. Fair enough, but yeah. I, no, I Alice still... is goal scorer. If you give Alice the service, Alice is a goal scorer. Fair enough, but I, I say I, I think he'd be a battering ram. So. For no, me, let Dale be the batter and Ram let Alice put the ball in. Fair enough, but Phil, if you could pick a pick a player from any club, who would you be signing? Well, mine's a predictable choice, but it's one that we'd never get unless we can all have a whip round and get a couple of million quid. I like, I think Johnson Clark Harris at this level, and I know it's an easy answer, but whenever I've seen him play, he's just been, he is everything you want from this level. He's a good finisher. He's good in the air. He's big. He's physical. He's quick. Um, he can, fin- you know, give him the ball. He will score. You saw the game at, at London Road last year where there was, you know, Smith, he had that little rick, didn't he? And lost the ball. Boom, he's in. And he's got that instinct. Um, we've talked about teams we expected to be up there. I think Peterborough in one of their little transitional phases so that they you know they got relegated the season before last last year I think they were expecting to go straight back up and they didn't they had that mad playoff semi-final against Sheffield Wednesday didn't they um but and now they've transfer listed a load of players and they look like they're in that cycle again where they want to try and clear the decks and then bring some new players in and then grow that squad Jonathan Clark Harris is a great player I'm very surprised that he's still there because I think that there are low-end championship teams who'd look at him. Um, I think there is some top-end League One clubs um, who would like him, but there isn't really anybody who you'd look at there, maybe with the exception of Portsmouth, who are in that position. Bolton, maybe, to go out and and spend the money that Peterborough would probably demand. And I think that's part of the problem, is that maybe he stopped at Peterborough a bit too long. Um, and they haven't cashed in on him like when he scored, what was it, 30-odd goals to get him promoted a couple of years ago. They could have flogged him for about three or four million to a championship side then. He stayed with him, scored 10 when they when they went down, and he, even though he scored a truckload last year, now they've put him up with a, with a year left to go on his contract. No one will buy him. Um, so maybe hopefully we're sitting here in 12 months' time and he's a free agent and we're still a week away from the football season going, why haven't we signed Johnson Clark Harris on a free? So uh, I don't know, but he's... Um, yeah, he's a player I'd I'd love to see because I think for this level at least, he's he's the complete package and he's got everything. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't think that's I don't, don't think that's him harsh to harsh to say either. I think when you when when you put it like that. Um, where are you going, Johnny? See where I was I was going Bristol Rovers and Ryan Loft. Like, oh, that's a good shout that. Yeah, yeah. Just, He's a good age. He's twenty-five, and he just—he's always impressed. Again, he's not a goal scorer, 
Like he's he's not he's, he's not set the world on fire. But every time he's been Vale Park, he's always looked like there's there's a good potential player. He's a bit of a bit, bit of a machine. He's a, he's a bit of a shit house as well, wasn't he? And so yeah, that's a, Ryan Loft would have been the one for me. And so everything I went for Dale Taylor for, and you've just yeah. ripped him. <laughs> you've gone for Ryan Loft for exactly the same reasons I've gone for Dale Taylor. <laughs> Want Dale Taylor to play 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 up with Alice Ryan Loft's playing when Alice eventually gets injured. That so, I'm not getting it. involved with this, lads. I'm sticking with Johnson Clark Harris. That's on. my <laughs> well, yeah. There we go. There's 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 season previewed in a nutshell. Um, I'm gonna throw one at you. Where are Vale gonna finish, Phil? Oh, Gordon Bennett. Well, I better stick with my 4 4 2 prediction that everybody laughed at me for, shouldn't I? Um, so I think, I mean, I've seen a lot of the experts going, oh, bottom four, they're going to struggle, novice manager, da 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 da, da. I don't think it'll be that bad. Um, I think what you've... Andy Crosby is somebody who's got a point to prove. He's got... Whether or not he can is another matter. But he's got a real determination to do well because it's his first job and he wants to prove people wrong. And I think that counts for a lot. Um, I, I'm going to go with what I said with that 442 preview, which is 15th, because I think we've got to try and make small steps towards improving. And last year, maybe we got ahead of ourselves and then got reeled back into maybe what our true position was, given the capabilities of the squad. Um, I think we've improved the squad probably everywhere but up front. I think, and the only reason I think we, I'd say we wouldn't improve that is because we just lack numbers. Um, I think we're more physical, we're more athletic, we've got a better goalkeeper, we've got a better base to build from. I haven't seen him play yet, but um, I'm told Kofi Barmer is is a real player and will add a, a different dimension to the back three and will be maybe quicker than Smudge or, or Dan Jones or Yakoviti would be. Um, and I think that there is probably just going to be enough to keep us bubbling around that mid-table to bottom-off end. But I think it's hard to predict because you've got so many clubs who I think could go one way or the other. Nobody would have said MK Dons had struggled last year, would they? So, you know, you've got clubs who maybe on the face of it look like they are relatively stable and end up struggling. Um, You may have clubs that have come down like, you know, Reading or who knows what will happen with them. They can start signing players again, I think, from tonight. But they've just, you know, put a little bit of money in Sam Smith's back pocket to go and play for them free, and he's out till Christmas. So, you know, the, I think we'll be I think we'll be in that kind of bottom half. I think we'll improve slightly on last year because I think we've got a bit of a point to prove. And I think the only thing that's going to hold us back or is the lack of firepower, and I think that's going to be a big difference. I personally would feel a lot more comfortable if we had have, would have signed one of the, if you like, one what you would regard as a proven goal scorer, because at least you can say then, at this stage, without having gone through the rigours of a season on paper, you're thinking, we're stronger in, in goal, we're stronger at the back, we're stronger in midfield, and now we're stronger up front as well. So, yeah, I think small improvement, but not much of an improvement. Well, talking about Kofi Barmer, I wouldn't say this to his face, but he looks 35 on the pitch, doesn't he, Vers? Oh, God, yeah. From a distance, he's got uh, Luke Joyce's airline. <laughs> but I wouldn't no. say to his face either because he's a big lad. No. Well, do you know what? I, 
Go on, sorry, lads. What I was about to say when when he came off, you could tell there was only a young lad at kids, yeah. couldn't you? Like, but from on the pitch, he looks he looks like a proper proper seasoned professional. So, yeah, proper baby face up close and up close. You know, he was early twenties, but from a distance, you'd say he was in his thirties. And yeah, obviously we only saw him against Kids Grove, but he looked a player against them. Big, strong, powerful, like comfortable on the ball, organised the defence, talker. And obviously he didn't play last week. Phil, I don't know if you got any news on why he didn't play. I'm hoping it was just a case of, actually, we've seen enough of him. We don't need you using we'll save him for Barnsley. Yeah, I, 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 go on. Sorry, Johnny. He was in the club shop on on Sunday. Um, oh, was he? In a bit of meet and greets and he wasn't limping around or anything then. So um, I, I would have predicted that it was just precautionary. But like, go on, Phil, you, 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 break, the, you break the scoop. <laughs> well, there is no scoop, to be honest, because I don't know. Uh, but um, I, I think I, I do know that there was a, 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 a thought process uh, that they wanted to see Jason Lowe play uh, as that right-sided centre-back, which he had done. Um, so they wanted to try and give him a, a game there to see, you know, how he fitted in. And, and part of this as well is like forming relationships with people like Smudge or if Mitch is going to play on the right and, and that. So it's kind of like, right, maybe we've seen Kofi Barmer for a game and we see how he plays. I know they wanted to give Jason Lowe that. I, I'll be honest with you, we don't have time to ask the manager everything after the game. And that no. was one I didn't ask him. So, um, but I, he's been training this week. Um, he's been around the place. So, I think the only reason he may not play on Saturday is if either he has got a very minor knock um, or the fact that they maybe want to go with somebody else. I don't know. Uh, uh, Jason Lowe picked up an injury at Doncaster. So uh, I think it's touch and go as to whether or not he's involved in the squad. Um, that may mean that Barmer may well play on that right-sided centre-back role or it might be Lewis Cass. I don't know yet. We'll, we'll find out Saturday. Yeah. Tune in to BBC Radio Stoke at two o'clock and Phil will break the news. Oh, yeah. yes. Well, there's there's something to look forward to. There you go. So, let's get into it. Barnsley. The, awesome. the preview. Brought to you by Johnny's Bar. Get yourselves down Burslem. Get yourselves in Johnny's. Have a pint. Tell him Bezza sent you. Yeah, there we go. Our mate Johnny is going to do well. So, because it's, because it's Barnsley, it's an away game. Brought to you by Andy PVFC's taxis. Um, someone actually DM'd me today asking asking for his contact details. So there you go, Andy. Hopefully, hopefully there's another one from the podcast for you. Yeah. So that's all going well. Um, yeah, Barnsley, first game of the season. Who knows what it's going to bring? But we know today they've just lost ultimate shit house in James Norwood. <laughs> he's he, he's gone to Oldham. That's. Um, Barnsley fans are um, up in arms about it. So, like, yeah. that's an interesting move. Um, are Oldham flash for cash again now? Like, they spent a million quid on that bloody pitch, haven't they? It looks beautiful. Yeah. They've got new owners, haven't they, from a couple of years ago? So, that I think. weird bloke. Yeah, yeah. They, it, it, well, it, a bit like kind of that flat cap guy who's like yeah. stands outside. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, um, isn't Norwood from kind of that way? If you know what I mean, because I thought he was kind of a northwest boy. Um, I may be yeah. wrong in that. I don't. I know. thought he was uh, scouts. I got scouts in my head, which you know. Yeah, because he started. Was he was not? Tra- did he not start at Tranmere? Um, yeah, you might I got right. Tranmere yeah. in my head. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I think, you know, like we were saying earlier, a lot of this sometimes is location with players. He might be sick of the commute to Barnsley. Um, then they've had an offer for him and he said, oh, I want to go, it's a bit near home and off you go. You know, he's 32 now, I think, as well. So, um, And they've got a new manager who might not fit with what he wants. Um, might be a manager who does want him. And a lot of you find a lot of pros these days are quite happy to drop into the non-league if they feel that it's right for them. So, you know... Um, money's there now in non-league Christ. Well, it is. some of them non-league you know, clubs are paying better wages than some league two clubs yeah and that's and I think that's been I mean that's an argument for another time but that's been skewed by the Wrexhams of this world that have all of a sudden yeah. you know got a, a stack of cash in they can buy up players and hoover them up so that means that in order to compete, other clubs maybe have got to spend a little bit more and look for investment from elsewhere to be able to compete. And then when now Wrexham are in the league, they've still got bigger budgets that they can use at their own disposal. So, but like I say, that's that's one for another day. I think that'll do. That's that's for um, that's for the Papa John tie or whatever when we play Wrexham. I think for that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be interesting. They've signed signed a couple of strikers as well, haven't they? They've, they brought in Andrew Andrew Dallas from um, non league. Um, did he, he scored a he scored a few goals last season, didn't he? But he, he didn't really tear up trees. Was he the one from Sally Up? Yes. We were rumored to be in for him. Don't know if there's anything in that, but we were rumored to be in for him. Yeah, we were. So another one, but I think that was just strikers, weren't we? Any rumored with any striker, yeah. yeah. Any old striker will do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apparently, we were after the teacher from Awood High because he was on striker. Oh. Oh. Max Waters is back there as well. What? So, I'm not playing these games. Um, rise above it, Johnny. Rise above it. Rising above it. But yeah, yeah. you've obviously got the obvious ones as well in Kitchen, Cadden. Kirby Kane, these have got a good side. These have, uh, so this is this is probably as tough a test I'd say that you could get at the start of the season. Um, the only saving grace maybe is new manager. So, um, ex failed defender Neil Collins comes in as manager there. He um he's been he was managing the Tampa Bay Rowdies up until recently. There you go. There's one for you. Five, I, hope five. Brought, I hope he brings the weather with him on Saturday because I've heard it's absolutely going to chuck it down in Barnsley Ooh, on Saturday. Yeah. So it's going to be throwing it down. So, yeah, cool. you, you limp into that away end all damp and soggy, Bezzer. I'll do my best. <laughs> Hopefully, last, last time we went there and the weather was bad, Barnsley, we got moved got moved to the side stand because the, yes. the roof was um, swaying a bit too much, wasn't it? Yeah. Was that the game that got postponed because part of the roof blew off? Um, it was one where Walsh did his back in for for like literally the final, pretty much the final time. Yeah, I remember that. I back. was there. Yeah, yeah, the full ninety was played, but the away end was literally swaying. The wind was that strong, so they really? put us wow. in the home end. I remember that game. Yeah, that was one where he he got um yeah he got quite a bad injury in that game, didn't he? I remember the, like those that 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 kind of see through corrugated perspex that was on the side of one of the stands, and I could see that wafting backwards and forwards. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but going back going back to your point about what what Barnsley might be like, I think it's it, the best way I'd describe the game is probably unpredictable because you've got a largely new look Vale side under a different manager with a very different philosophy to maybe the one who's come before. 
that may be lacking a bit of firepower and may be a bit more conservative, I would say, in the way that they play. Um, and you've got a Barnsley team that have been over the last few years, or at least in the last 12 months, really well drilled under Michael Duff. And they've had a really clearly defined pattern of play and they'd recruited some good players and they got to the playoff final. Then they've lost that playoff final and they've lost their manager. And while they've recruited pretty well, you never know how that affects a team. Mm. You know, you never really know how they're going to do. I'm sure a lot of people may have thought that Mansfield, given the season that they had the season before last, would have been a shoe in for, you know, to, to be up there in League Two last year. And they 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 lost, lost steam, ran out of steam. Barnsley may be the same. Um, I think the one that they really wanted to get and didn't get was the goalkeeper, Eisted. And I can't remember where he went, but he they were really after him and they really wanted him and that move broke down and so they didn't get him um, and I think that was that was a setback for him but as I say I think it's really going to be unpredictable um, I haven't done my, my notes for the game yet so normally you tend to look at even at this stage of the season you tend to kind of look at little trends as to how their pre-season results have gone and and you know who's been playing and and who's been starting games and who's been subs and who's played the most minutes and such like that um, and you have a little scout through the fan message boards to see what people are. I haven't done any of that yet. That's that's tomorrow's job. But it, it does largely look like Barnsley are, are in a bit of transition and it might be a good time to play him. Um, but that said, I think we're in a bit of a transitionary period as well. I think we're changing from being a bit kind of wide-eyed and naive at League One level to being a little bit more savvy, but not gone through that change completely yet. So I think it could go either way. I'm going to sit on the fence with it, I'm afraid, which which won't surprise you at all. So yeah, I'm going to sit on the fence. <laughs> no, I, th- I think that's I think that's more than fair. Bears starting eleven. Starting eleven. Ripley and goal. Yeah. Back three. Smithy in the middle. Big Cove on the right. Dan Jones on the left. Wing backs: Connor Grant, Mitch Clark. Midfield three. I'm going five three two with a diamond. I'm going Funzo, Garrity, Funzo, Garrity. Oh, who am I chucking in with him? Oh, I'm going like a diamond. So Garrity's playing with Funzo deep, chiselet mm-hmm. at kind of the front of the mid three diamond. Mm-hmm. Up top, Big Alice and the lad with Sam from Swansea going straight in. That's my eleven. That's not what I'm saying, Crossbody. That's my eleven. Yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd take out the lad from sign from Swansea and bring Sang in and put Alice up top on his own and put Chislet in around him in the sort of the the Dodds Dodds and Pope sort of combination. Um, but I do think Crosby will probably end up starting Massey um, just because. Throwing the new lad in straight away is probably a little bit too much. I don't see we have um, any choice. Well, we have, like I just said, Massey. Like I say, I don't see we've got any choice. You said you were giving him a chance this season. That doesn't sound like you're giving someone a chance. I'm giving him a chance. You apologise to Gav right now. He has a chance to warm that bench. You. <laughs> see? Couldn't even do one podcast without you without you reverting to tie. Clean slate, Gav. All's forgiven. Go score me at trick. Yeah, when he does, I want an, I want a Tom Amos style apology from you. If he scores at trick, I'll go to space. 
<laughs> Sorry, Ben's not with us today. Why? He's gone into hiding. Yeah. He's emigrated. Yeah. Because oh, Gavin but... Massey scored a hat-trick at Barnsley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just landed on Uranus. Oh. <laughs> Had to lower the tone again, didn't you? Had to disgusting. So, go on then, Bez. Score prediction. Well, I think we've obviously strengthened in goal. We've strengthened the defence. I think we look more solid in midfield, so we shouldn't be conceding as many goals as we did last year. Still look light up front until the new lad settles in and probably another striker. So, maybe won't be scoring many, won't be conceding many. Four-all draw opening day of the season. (laughs) Don't think I could take a four-all draw, Bezzy. Opening day, strange things happen. Very true. Well, no, realistically, I think we're going to come away with a point. I'm a little bit optimistic and I don't know why. From a bit optimistic, Crosby's first proper game as a manager, he'll have him up for it. I think we are a decent outfit this year. We're still lacking up top. We all know that. Going one all draw. One all draw, Cheslick for the Vale. You're Cheslick, OK. Yeah. Fair. Fair enough. James Plant assisted on off the bench, and there's one of me 15 for the season. Okay. I'd, I'd, no need for me go, really, is the better. I can just say what you've said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, what do I think? Um, do you want me to do the team lineup as well? What I think. Yeah, come on. What, what's, your, yeah. what's your team lineup? Well, I th- uh, and again, I'm not doing this. I, I, I will probably find out about about our past one on Saturday, so a bit before you lads do. So I, I, I reserve the right to change this when I, when I know. Um, but I think I'm going to do a pun now. Ripley and goal, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you got that because no, when I made that joke at work where there's lots of younger people there and they're all in their 20s, they all looked at me like I'd gone out. Nobody knew yeah. that reference. Um, so, yeah, Ripley's going to play in goal, I think. I think... Um, I think it'll be Kofi Barmer, Nathan Smith, Dan Jones, I think, will play at left centre back. Uh I think it will be I think it'll be a kind of three, four, one, two, which I, I foresee that. So I think it'll be Clark on the right, Grant on the left. I think Sang and Ojo will sit in the middle. And I think see it's a tough call now. What does he do with Garrity? Because I think he he likes Garrity, he likes to play him, but then does he leave Chislett out? And I just wonder whether or not how he might go is 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 have Garrity and then Chislett as kind of like a withdrawn forward just behind Ellis. And I think that might be what he does. So Chislett not playing as a striker. If you like, be like a 3-4, th- more like a 3-4-3, three, three, but have Garrity and Chislett kind of like just sat behind Ellis and use him as like the, the tip of the, the three um, and do that. And that's what I, that's, I'm, I'm again, I'm not saying with any certainty, that's what he will do. That's what I think he might do. If I was to guess, that's what I think he might do. But yeah. And as for the result, I actually think it's got all the hallmarks on the face of it of one of those bizarre opening days where we maybe not play very well, but come away winning. So I'm going go to go 2-1 to Vale. Take that, take that. And are we playing in the home kit or the away kit, do you think? I think we may play in the away kit. Um, uh, this, uh, as you know, I'm a bit of a kit geek. Um, yeah. I um, 
So I don't know is the rules now. There used to be rules about what bits can't clash with one another. Um, I've seen us play in our away kit at Barnsley, but we do tend to wear a home kit. If you remember that uh, that game where you talked about with Michael Walsh, we were in the home kit that day. We played there in the home kit last year. I have a feeling we might play we might play in the home kit, um, which will mean no debut for the glorious pink away goalkeeper shirt, which is a shame. Good. Well, the first time we play in the away kit, a pun you can use on the radio, you can say that kit's out of this world. Yes, I've already had several WhatsApp messages from you with puns to get in about the away kit. So I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I am not, um, I'm not going anymore. So, um, so yeah, no, uh, much as I love you, um, none of your materials getting used. Mainly because I don't want, yeah, I just mainly because a I don't want to pay the copyright fees when you eventually wow. do become famous, and b I don't think yeah. it's very good. So there. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Harsh but fair. Johnny, where are you going? I'm going one all draw. We're going to score off a Dan Jones long throw. Don't talk, stupid. <laughs> Gav- Alice Harris is going to flick it on. Gav Mass is going to poke it home in the ninth, third minute for the equaliser. Have you been on my drugs? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there you go. One all draw. And time of the first goal scorer brought to you by avtiming.com. Get yourselves over there, have a look for a race, get yourself signed up to one. Um, 47th minute, Liam Kitchen. Wasn't that what when he scored last year? It was, it was around that one. It? It was just yeah, after. it was. Or it might just, just before or just after half time. I was going to yeah. say, strangely prescient there, Johnny, if he does do that again. <laughs> what are you getting, Phil? Sure. Time of the first uh, goal scorer? Time it? of the first goal... I'm not sure I'm allowed to compete in this type of thing now. I'm not sure. Ever since Ant and Deck went all dodgy on competitions, I'm not sure BBC people can do this. Uh, No prizes. Oh, that's all right then. It's fine. If nobody wins anything, nobody's happy and therefore everyone wins. Uh, Just take everyone's money and don't give any prizes. Oh, well, I I like your style. Um, I think there's going to be an early goal in this and I think Vale are going to get it. I've got this bizarre feeling that we're going to be 2-0 up very early on. Um, and then we'll concede a goal in the second half and then we'll be hanging on by a fingernails come night, the 90th minute. So I think we're going to get an early goal the seventh minute and I think it'll be... I think it'll be Ellis Harrison after seven minutes. That's my guess. There we go. We're hanging on the 90th minute. We'll still be hanging on in the 110th minute. Oh, yeah, that's the point now. Yeah, actually, scratch everything I've just said because you know what we're like defending leads in stoppage time. So call it 2 2 if we're going to play 15 minutes of added on time. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm going 27th minute, Devante Cole. Fair enough. You're going to say so... Devante Rodney then? <laughs> Christ, no. There's a blast from the past. Yeah, you plonky. Oh, and on that note, I think we'll be, I think what we've got to say is thank you very much, Phil, for coming and joining us for the season preview. Yeah, thanks uh, very much. Yeah, no problem, lads. And you know, uh, 
I, I, I do. You, it may surprise you to know I do find time in my hectic and busy schedule amongst the hoi polloi to listen to you regularly. Not as often as I'd like, but I do, and I think you do a cracking job. Um, and you know, um, we will hunt you down as the second best Port Vale podcast out there. We will relentlessly hunt you down like Man United hunted Newcastle down for the title. Um, and he, we're twelve points behind now, but I tell you something, I'd love it if we beat them. I'd love it. So yeah, I will sign off by saying. Second best Port Vale podcast, which is the best Port Vale podcast, all the best. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And then for for all the listeners, enjoy listening to this tomorrow at work or on your computer at Barnsley. But most importantly, have a nail and up the veil. So it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again. And now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking at who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So, automate delivery on, on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.